You're listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen, co-founders of Safe Money Radio Marketing and regular contributors to ThinkAdvisor and other industry publications. Bill is a 100 plus million dollar annuity producer, co-founder of annuity.com and an internet branding and reputation expert. Anthony has helped agents and advisors across the country achieve annuity production premiums in excess of $20 million per year and is president of Annuity Agents Alliance and Annuity Innovation Systems. Each week, Bill and Anthony update you on the annuity business with marketing, sales process, and case design strategies based on actual practice, not theory. Notes for this week's podcast can be found at annuityagentsalliance.com. This podcast is for licensed financial professional use only. Greetings, everybody. This is uh, David Hansen. Welcome to Annuity Agents Podcast with your co-host, Bill Broach and Anthony Owen. Anthony's out today, so Bill Broach, you're solo. So <laughs> okay. It's all yours. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Hey, uh, everyone, if you happen to have the notes, you might be interested in the picture I put on the top, the oldest known tree in Spain. It's called the Bigfoot tree, and if you have a look at it, see if you can see Big Bigfoot climbing up the side of it there. It's, uh, it's a pretty interesting picture. Anyway, it sits right smack in the middle of the Camino. The Camino goes right to it and, and around it there on the left here, looking at the pictures, but uh, uh, pre- pretty cool chestnut tree. Anyway... Uh, thanks for being on. Anthony's not uh, not here today. Uh, I want to start with a couple of things. Uh, you know, uh, we are going to uh, have been have been, and we are going to do it again this year. Go on summer hiatus, and there's a reason for it. Uh, we produce this uh, every week, and uh, we've been working on a, a new project. Many of you know about it called Syndicated Columnist. Uh, we're still in beta on it, and we're going to try and finish up that project uh, this summer. And so when we come back in the fall, we'll have more uh, more information available to you. So we're going on hiatus. We'll be back after today. We'll be back in September. We are going to glean some of our old uh, open mics from the past, some, uh, some good points on it, and make those available, put them up on, our, on, the, on Anthony's podcast form. But... Uh, anyway, that's where we are. I hope you all have a great summer, and, and uh, uh, we're always available. You know, it's not we're going anywhere. We're just working on another project this summer. So, you know, it started about 30 years ago, Open Mic. Everybody knows the story. I've told it uh, many times. But I thought it was interesting how Open Mic has kind of followed the annuity industry over the years. Um, it didn't dawn on me to save the notes all from those early years. And uh, finally, David came up with the idea of starting to record everything. So we had at least a reference library to it. He started that about 14 years ago. And I I have notes going back uh, <clears throat> 17 years. So that puts me at about uh, 700 open mic notes, and we think maybe in the neighborhood of 500 recordings uh, somewhere along that line. Uh, it as the, My point is, as uh, open mic, which is now our podcast, has evolved, uh, so has the industry. We've had a front row seat at the whole thing. And uh, so can you teach an old dog new tricks? You sure can. We uh, change and think about new things uh, all the time as we try and add more to our sites, to our websites, to open mic and uh, what we offer. And, you know, this last year Christina joined us and Amy and Linda joined us and we're, we got the – the fine people at Aegis who bring their marketing to it. We've all kind of united in one big team. 
So anyway, thanks to all of you for being on, uh, being listening to Open Mic all these years and for your input. I get lots and lots and lots of questions from agents. I have trying to finish those up before I hiatus. I looked back and didn't realize I had 12 unanswered questions. So I'm going to do three today, and uh, we'll save the rest as we blend them into Open Mic. But anyway, I hope you all have a great summer and on hiatus uh, till till after after September. So what I want to talk about today is information and how to use information to build relationships and how to build use information to do marketing and this is exactly how I have done it uh, if information is really king it is king and as it depends on how you use it and so on and so forth so I have uh, my personal philosophy on the notes that you have to be on there this is nothing new I've had on open mic many times about uh, selling and marketing what's easy what's hard where the money is and where the money's not, and you know, it's selling. If you just sell products, you know, then that doesn't separate you from the from the uh, the competition and and those. But having uh, being able to offer information and being able to talk to different to people about different topics, not to assume liability on it, but just to provide information, it's a great way to market. And that's how I have done it. Is I've built information, and we have built that into handouts and those of you who are regulars listening to this uh, broadcast you'll know exactly what I'm talking about uh, but you can be the conduit on it now i think in in my world the the number one topic that everybody is interested in even though not many people know much about it is death taxes or estate taxes when you talk to anybody even somebody of modest means or whatever you bring up the topic of death taxes or estate taxes. The taxes due when you die, based on the size of your estate, is a is is a red hot topic. Uh, you try it sometime. Just try it sometime when you when you talk to people about bringing it up there. Everybody's got an opinion on it, and virtually almost no one knows exactly how the darn thing darn thing works. And you know, for me, I think uh, death taxes or estate taxes in eminent domain are the two most uh, important reasons why America has flourished because without estate taxes, America could easily be controlled as it is in Brazil by just a handful of families. And so the idea was to redistribute the wealth, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, with that comes all sorts of ways to not to lower the taxes or use foundations or all sorts of things to do the taxes. But if you can explain a little bit about it, it doesn't have to do much. You'll find a case now and then. And on my notes here, I said I had done about 30. I'm actually went back and uh, really took a serious look at. I've only I've done this maybe 20 times. I've used uh, uh, used the, this system, and, and they've all involved in life insurance sales, especially when I was in my Northwestern Mutual days. So estate taxes are the taxes that are due based on on your uh, taxable estate. Uh, after the death of the second spouse. So remember that. The first spouse dies, nothing happens. But right now, after the previous administration, the exemption is $23.4 million. And you think, holy cow, who's got $23.4 million? Uh, but that hasn't always been. It's been down to $2 million, $3 million, and probably with the current administration, that exemption is going to be lowered. And the lower the exemption, the more tax exposure that you have. Uh, tax the tax rates were also lowered along with it down as low as 18 percent and up to about 40 percent is the top. So I use when I do planning for this, I use 40 percent, and I think it's realistic. 
Remember, 100% of all estate tax returns are audited, every, every one. It is the most inefficient tax this country has. It takes a big chunk of the tax revenue to pay for the auditing on it. But it, but it really is what's helped make America what it is. The final tax is due within nine months after the tax year, so it goes on to people have to really get involved and get on this thing quickly. So instead of an exemption of 23.4 million, I always use what is kind of called the industry standard, uh, uh, planning, when you're planning on this, an exemption of $5 million. And so even though it's 23.4 and under the current administration might get lowered to four or five, you do, you, you do that. When you're looking at someone's estate, uh, uh, how much the value is going to be, you always plan it for 20 years in the future. Now, why do you plan 20 years in the future? Because that is standard estate planning uh, uh, guidelines. That's done by the Estate Planning Council, which are attorneys. And so it's realistic. And so 20 years, holy cow, you know, how do you even know it? Well, if you can get 4% after tax yield for 20 years, that is a massive success story. And it's not always the way the market is right now. That is a, a there's virtually, well, there would be the Jeff Bezos, I guess, but there's virtually no one in the world that wouldn't take 4% after taxes as a growth plan for, for 20 years. So I, I'm using a little example here of a, somebody that's got an estate of 15 million. This actually is a case I'm currently working on uh, based in Washington State. Uh, they have a, about a $15 million estate, and so I showed them how to do this. The calculation in 20 years is going to be worth about $33 million. You subtract the exemption, and they've got about an $11 million tax exposure. Now, this particular, these particular people are really nice people, and they're good friends of mine, but they're going through everything possible to figure out how to lower their taxes through generation-skipping trusts, which, by the way, if you know what those are, you know that the IRS has, has limited them by using all sorts of gifting issues uh, through foundations, which are still have to require auditing, and through a FLP, which is a family limited partnership. About four or five years ago, the IRS cracked down on those. But you know, the one thing that can be done, and it's the simplest thing, and you bring this up with people, is gifting. You can gift $15,000 to anybody you want. So if a couple has two kids, each one of them can give each one of those children uh, 15000 If they're married, you can have another fifteen and fifteen for each kid if they have children. You can see you can get big numbers on it. Also, what most people don't realize is that your whatever your exemption is, and in our, my pretend case here, it's $5 million, you can use that $5 million any time you wish. You don't have to wait and use it at death. You can use it any time you wish. So if you want to transfer, gift away a a million dollars, you can do a tax-free to anybody you wish. Simply file a gift tax return that's subtracted from your ultimate exemption on it. So the idea here is to use a product called an islet trust, and it's an irrevocable life insurance trust. The reason you do that is it becomes the bearer of the results of of the product that we're going to use. And what we're going to use is, is called a, uh, a minimum-funded second-to-die life insurance. Now, a second-to-die life insurance policy pays on the second death, but guess when the, the estate taxes are due? They're due on the second death. Why do you use minimum funded? Because you, it's not there to accumulate money. It's there to have a future death benefit on it. What happens when someone is uninsurable? My friend who had this had open-heart surgery in 2016. And uh, the question is whether he is is insurable. It doesn't really matter. 
as long as one one of the two people, one of the couple of the two and the couples, is insurable, then you can get these products. And they're, the premiums are very very low on these things, and the commissions are very very high, so they're they're easy to do. Anyway, uh, the way it's done is you don't apply for this life insurance. You do what's called you get a preliminary opinion on cases of this size, and it's sent to the anybody. Uh, I'm happy to do it for you if you have one, or agents can do it, or Anthony can do it. Anybody can do these, where you get a preliminary opinion on what they think the policy is going to be. Once you know what the rating is going to be, then you shop it. It's just simple, like going to the grocery store. You just shop it around, see what has it. When you have what you think is the right number for it, and the, and the product moves ahead, then you then then you apply for the life insurance policy. The only person that applies for the life insurance policy is the trustee of the trust. The individual peoples do not ever apply for it because it's owned by the trust. And then when that premium is due or when time, times comes to fund it, you fund it merely with gifting. You, and the reason why gifting is, is terrific is if you think about people trying to reduce their estate People don't want to do that. I, I guarantee you they, they want to keep all their money and they want to keep control over everything. But gifting's a different animal. They're giving this to their children or to families. They're just going to use a different a different vehicle for it. They're going to gift it into into the uh, into the trust. Anyway, I've written this all down for you. I like to keep it simple. It's a pretty simple thing to know. I will tell you that if you're in this discussion with somebody, that I would say that probably nine out of ten attorneys. And I'd say a thousand out of a thousand insurance agents do not know <clears throat> about what's called the crummy powers notice, and that's how a, a notice that has to be done when you when you get money via a trust your children. So I left the link in there for you. You can do it. It's easy to understand, easy to explain. You don't have to be an expert on it. You just have to have a source of information. And if someone actually is a candidate for this, you don't do it. You have an attorney do it. An attorney assumes all liability. You become what's called the insurance profession. Now, I had a really big case in Tacoma years and years ago, and it was, a, it was a, oh, $600,000 in premium. And the, uh, so I came in on the case. I actually was part of the referral team that referred it to the law firm. They ended up using their own personal law firm, and that we sat through that meeting. After that meeting, the lawyer said to me, he said, Bill, this is not your client. It's our client. All you do is provide the insurance and, and stay out of this thing. And I said, you know, will you write me a letter, to, a note to that? And he wrote me a little letter to it because that letter was my get-out-of-jail-free card if anything went wrong. And so I just kept that letter in the file. In other words, all he wanted me for was to provide the insurance. They just outsourced that to me. What a perfect deal. I made all the commission. They charged the fees. They managed the client. I don't have any future liabilities on it. So that's the concept behind this is to have this information, be able to pass this information on to people who may have an interest in it. And everybody has an interest in it, I guarantee you. They may not need it. Uh, on the notes under where I wrote easy peasy is a little graph I found, so on and so forth. And there's a couple of links down there at the bottom for understanding uh, life insurance trust. It's a great little topic to be a uh, uh, an informed person on, and once you understand this, if you don't, if you, if you have a question on it, you can email me, and I'll delight to help you. But the way I explained it is exactly the way I've done it. So uh, back to all the questions left unanswered. I had one I thought would I would put in. The, I've had this question for three or four months, and I'm, I'm sorry. 
Robert, but uh, we'll get to it. Uh, he spent a long time. But he said, "How do you how do you explain the word safety?" And here's exactly how I do it. Actually, uh, the, on, if you're on the notes, this is right out of the dictionary. And I I've had this on a little handout for years and years and years. And uh, these are how you explain the word safety. And I think that's a that's a key word. Safety is a hard hard word to, to explain. And so here is free from danger, harm, or evil, safe and sound, a safe bet, so on and so forth. So that's my little answer to that. And then I went on and wrote a little bit more about about safety and security and so on and forth, about the safety and insurance in, in our uh, annuity products and how they're required. Uh, you know, if a $100,000 annuity has a $90,000 surrender fee to it, that $90,000 surrender fee has to be covered by assets, and those would be a blend of treasuries and, and bonds or whatever's in the insurance company portfolio. Uh, generally, the higher the treasuries, the higher the rating, the uh, and less the yield for insurance companies. So a good blend is somewhere along uh, a, a blend of, uh, of corporate bonds and, and treasuries, so on and so forth. And there's a little thing about the Asian. Um, the second question is how are bonds rated in their default? Uh, a while back, uh, I explained it some about uh, category risk, and so here's a repeat of it. And I just uh, I, I abbreviate it down, but look, U.S. Treasuries, there is no risk, and the reason why we have given our Congress the right to print money, to increase money, to guarantee money, and so the reason there's no default, can't be a default on it, is the money is always available to pay them. Municipal bonds, same same thing. Oh, uh, now, uh, when this was actually written uh, three or four years ago, the uh, the default rate on municipal bonds was really non-existent. I noticed this last year; it's kind of increased a little bit. So there are some municipalities that that aren't. So you want to go back to what's the rating of the of the the muni bond on it. Corporate bonds, investment grade, uh, have a higher risk, but are still fairly low in it. You know that uh, junk bonds, which are, were at one time were called corporate bonds, they were they were called corporate high yield bonds, and that was a term Michael Milken uh, created long long ago before he ended up going to prison and all that stuff. We talked about the executive, executive life. So there's investment grade and there's corporate high yield, and corporate high yield is actually <coughs> the new name for junk bonds. And there's foreign bonds and unrated bonds. Anyway. The point is, is there's some sources down here. I always uh, use the bond default letter, and uh, I see J.P. Morgan owns that now, and so I put their link in there to it. It's, uh, you can also go to Moody's and put in the the uh, the CUSID, right? The CUSID word for the the code for it, and uh, they'll pop right up, and you can have a look at it. I also include a chart here for you, so you can see uh, the Moody's and Standards and Poor's, so on and so forth. Um, and there's a source there. I put uh, how are bonds rated. I left that link in there. So um, the question was, uh, you know, when I wrote this book years ago uh, that was about the, the system for senior marketing, I put a list of uh, where I go to find information on it. And I went in, I found that uh, old book, and and I copied copied out about bank deposits. And the reason why this is important, this shows you where to go or where to, how to understand uh, the difference on it. For instance, the difference between deposit accounts and investment accounts. A deposit is anything where the principal is guaranteed. Banks, annuities, treasuries, whatever it happens to be. An investment account is is has the principal risk. This has come up lots of times in my practice, 
and where I'm asked, uh, should I invest in an annuity? And I said, no, we, uh, annuities aren't investments. And that really sets people apart. Annuities are deposits because they're guaranteed. Uh, where do I get the FDIC insured? Go to the bank. That's where I go to get them. They have them on the little counter. If they don't have them, ask, ask me to hand them out for <clears throat> um, And then when you are talking to someone, here's a pretty good little tip. When you're talking to someone about uh, money they have in the bank, you never say how much interest are you earning. Uh, what you say is what interest rate are you currently enjoying. And uh, whatever they say, what, what my rule is, whatever they said, I would always say, gee, that sounds a little bit underwater to me. Do you want me to check and see what's available? And then, of course, we would go to see what MIGA rate, rates are. Uh, remember, yields on annuities and CDs are different. Uh, banks are an interest based on compounding. Insurance companies don't. They're based on what the compounding rate is at the end of the year. So if they're guaranteeing 3%, that is not 3% compounding. That's 3% as the end result of compounding. So the interest rate could be 2.8, something along that. So they're quoted differently. That particular point, virtually no one knows, but that that point was actually approved and instigated by the insurance, the, the, the Association of Insurance Commissioners because it was too complicated on the compounding issue. So the interest rate quoted by uh, uh, on annuities is the, the net compounded rate after that time, that time period. Uh, financial services, Weiss is the best. There's lots of them, but <laughs> Weiss is pretty vicious. If you want to pick on somebody, you get the Weiss ratings on it, so on and so forth. How do you ladder uh, things? And those are just CDs with different maturity dates, USA Today, Friday edition, Section D, the highest rates. I always uh, used to carry a Friday edition of the of the uh, USA Today, and when someone would ask me that every Friday, I'd get another copy of it, so on and so forth. On down the line, and other stuff, uh, other stuff on it. So uh, those are three of the questions. Sorry, I guess I'll catch up with the others when we get back. And uh, thanks for sending those in, by the way. I think they're good general information for everybody. Under David's picture, there's all sorts of stuff, but the one I like is the social media. And there's a video. You can watch this. There's no sense being intimidated about social media. It's just another form of communication. Uh, I uh, don't bet big on social media. I bet big on credentials. And so as we have built our systems, the Internet credentials, I think, are much more valuable to agents than being listed on LinkedIn and Facebook or whatever you, whatever you happen to be using on it. So, But it is a good video. If you watch that, you'll know more about social media than 99% of of everything else. Under more information, I thought as women of color uh, take the biggest hit from the financial, from the pandemic, I thought it was really a really interesting uh, uh, article. If you get a chance, click on it and read it. It's, uh, it's pretty graphically uh, illustrated in terms of what the results are, so on and so forth. I also thought Generation X, which I think my daughter Annie's 30, so she's probably Generation X. Maybe there's, she's one of the others, or maybe she's a millennial. I don't really know, but they're starting to turn to annuities uh, for rates and, and for stability. I thought that article was good. Uh, on down, uh, so we're going to get big increases in COLA on Social Security, because remember, COLA's tied to Consumer Price Index, which has uh, had stunning increases on it. So that's good for those of us who are on Social Security, not for those of us who are paying taxes to make <clears throat> make this all happen. 
excuse me, um, credited definition. I thought the financial freedom survey was pretty interesting. You get a chance to have a look at it, so on and so forth. Uh, so with that, uh, David, do you have anything? No, all good, Bill. With that, we're going to say adios for a while. You're always available. You can call us anytime. That's why we post our telephone numbers. We are small on purpose. Remember that. Uh, this summer, uh, we're working on syndicated columnists, which is going to be uh, a big step forward for those uh, those of you who want to participate on it and how we participate. We think it's going to be a, a game changer in so many ways. And uh, we're still running on beta on it. It's been in beta about 40 weeks now, and uh, we're getting the kinks out of it. So when we come out in the fall, we'll have it available and show it to you. And anybody in our organization, on our side of the organization, certainly can take advantage of this and, and use, use this system. <clears throat> of course, for agents in our organization, it's free. Uh, that being said, uh, I'll say goodbye. Thank you very much for 30 years of uh, Open mic uh, in December will be our 30th anniversary, and uh, we've evolved as the industry's evolved, and uh, it's all been just a great, great, great ride. So thank you all, and we'll see you all in the fall. And with that, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen. Check back each week for a new episode. For more information on how Annuity Agents Alliance will help you build your annuity business, go to annuityagentsalliance.com or call 888-742-4368. If you like the show, please leave your rating and review on the podcast channel where you found the show. The information and opinions expressed here from third parties or guests are believed to be reliable, but the information cannot be verified or guaranteed by Annuity Agents Alliance. The opinions of guests do not necessarily represent the opinions of Annuity Agents Alliance or its partners. The prior information does not represent tax, legal, or investment advice and is for licensed financial professional use only.